Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And we are talking about our infinite self in today's program as we explore the limitless fields. And it is infinite. My guest today is a living library, an oracle, and a way shower. And she has been examining the fields of limitation. Perhaps this could be better known as the old earth matrix in consciousness. And it is actually in our DNA. It is full of programs that we literally carry in our DNA. So we are digging deep and we're going to clear old programs by digging into our DNA. We're going to learn all about this why it's so easy now to deal with more than ever. Elizabeth Wood is here with us on this quantum conversation. Elizabeth, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Lauren. I love being with you. Thank you so much. Well, we love every episode with you and all of the online healing retreats that you do. Your wisdom that comes forth is truly multidimensional and it's from your own journey inward and tapping it inward and share with us before we get started here this is a very fascinating conversation that we're talking about tonight and how we can really literally do this work and change our dna dig into it and get those old programs out of here so we can literally be free but I'd first like you to share your experience. This has been your lifelong journey and learning to be that seer and the scientist. What was that like for you as this all came online? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> so I've always been able to see, and I would say like in this journey, I have a very specific skill set. So I can see all the dimensions, and I was born with that skill set. So I started out 
being what I would call a, a very good psychic. And I was learning what exactly does that look like in the 3D and how do you grow up <laughs> as a child learning and knowing all this information, having an incredible amount of info coming through all the time. And um, when I was growing up, just like everybody else, I had a lot of ego and programming happen and come online. And I watched myself unfold in my own worthlessness, arrogance, programming, and dynamic um, as I got older. And I spent about 10 years in college trying to figure out if there were other people like me, why we could do what we did. I wanted to have a scientific basis for being able to explain this to people because Mm -hmm. I could say to people, I can see things. I can see different entities and beings. I can see and communicate to them. I'm perceiving all this information coming through all the time. I can see layers and um, and nuances and details and incredible amounts of info. I describe it as having like 12 different TV screens on that you can see through all at once. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then and people would say, you know, I don't believe you. I don't believe that that's true, that you can do that. So I was really frustrated by that when I was younger because um, it was either that there was something wrong with me or that I was, um, like, maybe spiritually uh, not pure or something. There was a, It was always a problem. So at first, I was tortured by it, just and throughout my whole teenage life, awfully tortured by it. And then I, I eventually had some of my friends believe me, because th- things would happen, and I'd be able to tell them more about it that and, and information that um, no one else would have been able to know. And so they, it was did they come to you asking? Did they then yes. ask? Okay, that's the key. They asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they asked, and they'd test me. Is what they, it would happen? They'd mm-hmm. test me out. <laughs> and and because I was learning how to trust what I was seeing um, and, and get out of the way, I mm-hmm. figured out that there there must be a real scientific explanation for this. So I spent all that time in college early on uh, trying to figure all of that out. And when I graduated, I didn't really feel like I had gotten much farther. I had some really great degrees and a, and a lot of understanding about humanity, but I needed to go on a deeper spiritual journey, not just a scientific one. So I had the mm-hmm. scientific, you know, tools. Now I knew how to understand measuring results. Now I understood how to look at reality in an objective way. And that objectivity was key. So then I began to work with spiritual people who saw my gift and they said, ah, you are very, very psychic, but you've got incredible amounts of ego. And what do I got to do to to be enlightened then? You know, you got to get rid of the ego. So I went on that path and I dug through all of this ego and I'm still digging through the ego. And Mm -hmm. I saw finally that I was a seer. So it was beyond just being a psychic that I knew how to be a seer, which means that I I don't really have any limitations on what I'm given as long as I trust that source will show me. And here's the key word. I ask. Here's another 
piece, I ask Source, please show me exactly what I need to see right now. No more, no less. And I trust what I will see from there. And I've also learned to use my whole body, not just my third eye, but my heart and my gut, my divine feeling and my divine knowing, um, to triangulate what I'm seeing so I can discern it on behalf of the people that I'm seeing for. And that led me to the next level, which is an oracle, a pure mirror. And I'm not quite there yet, but I can see the goal where there's no ego left. And I'm just a mirror for exactly what that person needs to know about from source. And that means that I don't get to have any personal reactions anymore. And when I carve out that ego, I'll be able to get to that point where I'm not in any personal reaction, but that I'm giving exactly what I'm seeing as a mirror, as a perfect mirror for that person. And it was really big for me to see that, to see that that was the goal, because to completely move out of the way entirely means that I have to let go of my entire identity mm-hmm. to be that. And that's hard. That means that no one will know my name, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who I am. It matters only that that skill set that comes directly from source can move through me through all 12 dimensions into that moment for that person to receive whatever message source needs to give them. And that that is the goal for anyone and their particular skill set to move out of the way that completely. And it's it's beautiful to know that that's something that I'm going to keep working towards my whole life. And that's kind of what's come up now around um, what's next. Yes, and the no identity. I know that's a big one for all of us as we really begin to be in more of the fifth dimension more and more in that place of heart-centered love more and more, that the identity is an issue where, uh uh-huh, it is falling away. And so then it becomes a point where the identity or label, I guess, would be needed in some instances for people to find you, those who (laughs) need (laughs) to find you for the label, right? So, um, but, but see, that is a huge part of the ego that's like the one of the driving forces of the ego is identity so yeah mm -hmm. and when you find that self-love it's like finally i finally love myself and then you have to let Mm -hmm. that go too (laughs) it's like oh wow um i cried when i realized i was gonna have to get rid of all my identity and that that was the goal point and i i i was sad because I I finally have loved myself and then mm-hmm. knowing that, ah, but that's not the end. <laughs> the next step is to is to love being, love the skill set, love source so far beyond just the identity that I happen to be this lifetime. Yeah, that's it's mm-hmm. that's big. That's beautiful. Okay, so that's what we're all reaching for, and it's wonderful how you explain that. 
So let's talk about what we're here to talk about today. This is, you call it DNA archaeology. Actually, it's quantum DNA archaeology because we are really getting outside of time and space. And this is what we're going to talk about. You've actually been able to look at these um, fields of limitation, these programs that are literally part of our history of Earth that are literally locked inside of us. So it's interesting because it's literally our awareness of, of choosing to create a shift when we spot these programs. So share a little bit on this and what you mean by it. Yeah, so I can't take 100% credit for identifying these at all. I've had a really incredible group of friends who I've been able to look at these things with. So I want to thank my friends for that too because it's always a collaborative effort, these beautiful, deeper discoveries, always. Mm -hmm. um, so these limitation fields, they are in the DNA, but they, they feel like when I'm feeling into them, they feel very heavy. They literally feel like a heaviness in the crown and the head. Mm. And, and I find them to often be tied to some of these programs will run in our head, right? And uh, programs of fear, programs of reaction, programs of worthlessness. And and as I'm, I like to look at these programs and teach people how to erase them, and I think that's part of how we can dig deep. But um, to identify these bigger fields of consciousness that are involved in the whole collective, well, I would just I realize, oh my gosh, it's because of our history, no doubt. And mm -hmm. the human history is really interesting. We've been here for much much longer than. Uh, physical anthropology's been able to nail yet, but we have some great hard evidence that human beings have been around at least 300,000 years. What I've been taught and told by the angelic is we've been here for half a million years. And at the beginning, it, this was supposed to be the most perfect, beautiful experiment. The Earth is truly a majestic, unique jewel. She makes her own water. She has a soul. She's incredible. And so Earth was picked as the place for this Eden experiment. And the original humans who came into these embodiments were talking about many different fourth dimensional beings who were not just souls as we know it, but as we know now, many of us are star seeds and, and have incredible long histories as souls. And we came into these incredible 3D bodies, these machines, these organic, gorgeous machines. And we came in with these limitless ways of functioning, we came in with the idea that there is infinite value to everything around us, that there is no scarcity. We came in with a complete and full presence around time. There wasn't a worrying about the past or the future. It was full and complete presence. We came in 
with a sacred way of using energy so that when we would use energy, no matter what we were doing, we did it with incredible reverence and a sacred sense of understanding the dynamics of the universe. We came in without any fear of death. And we came in fully remembering who we are. This idea that humans were meant to be born and not know who we are and have to learn every time that we decide to be embodied and have to figure out who we are, that's not real. It's a myth. That's not um, true. It's it's a false field. And then <laughs> the experiment was usurped. It was usurped by a lot of different beings over time. So it was usurped by the angelic and their brethren, the demons. It was usurped by the Anunnaki who came and built the matrix. And it was usurped by many different beings who had their own agendas. And that's unfortunate because it really messed up the way our experiment here on Earth was meant to be. And it's created half a million years, well, a little less than that, less than half a million years, but almost, of suffering, incredible suffering and oppression. And even though the Anunnaki are gone, we still have demonic oppression. We still have an elite in control. We have this this energy, this matrixy energy that is in our mentalities, keeping us um, from really being as limitless as we can be. And so really the question is, how can we get rid of the rest of this this limitation? these fields of limitation. Not all those fields are easy to deal with. Um, some will be easier for certain people than others. And it, while, it, while it was fine and easy for me to be okay to release myself to remember exactly who I am, that I am a light beam, a ray of light from source moving through 12 dimensions into the now, I can see that very clearly now. It might not be as easy for somebody who's been living a very structured, um, boxed-up life to do that. Um, one of the fields that's hard for me is the use, being able to use energy with sacredness. Like earlier, I was in a rush to go get some food, and I, I have this weird habit that I picked up from my family because we're all this, like, army family where I'll eat cold ravioli out of the can. <laughs> and my husband always looks at me like I'm crazy. But almost every single one of me and my six siblings do this. Um, and so I'm sitting it's there eating cold ravioli. Yeah, it is. It's your comfort food. I'm like, how can I make this sacred? Like, I'm using this energy out of this can. It's me. It's got meat in it, it's got wheat, it's got tomato sauce in a can, like all the things you're not supposed to eat, right? Uh, um, like, how can I make this sacred? And I'm like sitting there having a really hard time with this because I I can see the energy that it took to get this ravioli in this can. And it seems so silly, but it's so serious to me. Like, really, how do I use energy in a more sacred mindful way 
Well, the fact is, not buying the ravioli in a can would be a good first step. <laughs> um, uh, eating more whole, beautiful foods that I can um, relate back to, like exactly where they came from, preferably local. You know, these really great ideas that are really hard to implement. Yet at the same time, I'm self-judging. I'm self-judging. And there's a there, it comes back to that field of value. I'm putting a certain value on my own activities. I'm saying, ah, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. When in mm-hmm. fact, everything I'm doing, as long as I'm present and conscious about what I'm doing, I'm reaching into the infinite. I'm reaching into that limitlessness of being where, of course, I'm going to make mistakes. That's not the point of the experiment. The experiment wasn't that we were going to come here and not make mistakes at all. It was so that we could get to know the third dimension better, so that we could get to know how source and the dynamics of the universe work in the third dimension. That's why we're here. But it can be really hard to see that when we finally um, really recognize how these limiting fields are showing up in our lives. So that's where I'm at. That's what I'm here to do now is to help people recognize this and show them some simple ways to start digging so they can, they can too feel all 12 dimensions moving through all at once into the present. That would be the ultimate goal. That to me is what the sacred human looks like the next step for us, what the golden age will look like. Okay, so let's start digging. This is where we dig into these programs and we have to identify them and erase them. And when we do, that allows free movement of all well, of 12 dimensions to move into this present moment. So that's very interesting because these programs literally keep us locked down. So would you say uh, the awareness is a part of the, is a large part of the work, becoming aware of them and then removing them and erasing them. So what's the, the process? How do we begin to identify them? Yeah. So we want to identify them by asking ourselves some questions. We want to know what are the five fields of limitation that are showing up. And I want to be clear here. Five is a very particular number. It's the number of the human. You've got a head, two arms, two legs, and you look like a star, like a like five-point star. So there's five in particular. There's a very symbolic gesture by the different beings who had their agendas to try to basically create the perfect slave race. And they needed really great slaves. So what what is keeping you as a slave? Well, it's these five particular things. And almost nearly everything can fall in these categories. We need to identify them very clearly first by asking a set of questions. We ask ourselves first, how do I value things? 
do I value things in terms of money? We're taught this. We literally hear these adages, these programs all the time um, about spending, about how time is money, about how uh, how many man hours did you work in order to earn that. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> so you're going to start to see this everywhere now, which is the fun part. Because then you're really identifying it um, around you, and you're identifying it in your own mindset. So how do you value things? What's the opposite of that? The systematic value around everything around you having to be valued in terms of money or currency, that is a program. So to undo the program, you see that, you see how you react to stuff. When you look at, um, you know, your paycheck um, and you feel uncomfortable because perhaps you know that you'd rather earn a lot more than that per hour, but you feel trapped in that whole system. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. how it feels. That's how that particular field feels. Now you know it. Now you recognize it. Um, When you are asked by people to pay a certain amount to receive something, it can feel uncomfortable because, in fact, your time and their time have infinite value. That physical discomfort that comes up when we talk about money and value, that's the field. That's exactly it. You can literally feel Mm. the program in your body. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's a trigger, and it's based around a belief system, and you can feel that. You can literally feel how we give our energy away from that belief system if we take the time to sit with it and get quiet. Exactly. And the physical reaction that you're getting is your DNA, uncomfortable Mm. with that heavy field sitting on it. And it's old. It's a big layer that we got to dig through. So let's hack away at the layer. Well, we hack away at the layer by recognizing what is my shovel. My shovel is going to be the field of limitless value. The fact is is that all things around you, especially and including yourself, have limitless value. Why? Because they are actually incredibly complex quantum objects that exist in the 3D and beyond. Even, like I said, my cup on my desk, my my chair, my body, uh, my new baby goats that were just born, they have an infinite amount of value. And you can't actually put their value in a box. You can't put my value in a box. You can't put my time in a box that says it's worth this much. It's That's what's false about it. So that's the shovel. Then you've got to practice with this. You've got to practice shifting the way that your mind is programmed to keep pulling up that limiting value. And you've got to shut the program down. So I want to talk about exactly how to do that because you'll use this same method throughout every single field. And the method is very simple. When the program pops up around value, it might sound a certain way in your head like, oh, that job is $15 an hour. And then your body will feel 
a, a trigger, a discomfort around that. And your mind will be like, no, that's okay. That's okay. Because your brain mind has been programmed to accept that limiting field mm-hmm. over and over and over again. So when you find yourself being okay with the way that our value is being put in boxes, you want to bow to the program and thank it. Thank you so much for trying to help me. What that does is it separates you from the program in your brain. If you try to fight it and be like, bad program, then the brain mind will fight you and then you'll have an argument in your head. So instead we think it with gratitude because the body and the brain, they're a machine. So they actually can be reprogrammed. But if you try to attack the program, it's got a built-in systematic way of trying to keep itself going because it thinks it's helping you. It thinks it's helping you to live in a very sick society, and it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's helping you live in a sick society. But if we really want a new earth, we've got to start with ourselves. So you say, thank you so much for trying to help me. Then you say the command, I require you to shut down now. Then we separate ourselves again. I'm in charge. Who's in charge? Your soul. Your soul that came into this body. You aren't really, Loren. I'm not really Elizabeth. I am an infinite soul. You're an infinite soul. That's who is in charge. And then we end it by doing a reprogram. I'm in charge and I have a plan. What's the plan? To be able to value everything limitlessly. It can be just that simple. You don't have to wrap your mind around what infinite value looks like. I just want you to feel it. When I say that you are limitlessly valuable, your body perks up because that's the truth. You feel it in your body that that's what it really wants. That's how it really wants to be. So that's where you know you're getting somewhere. So these programs, you know, they're pesky. They'll keep popping up. And when they do, you just keep shutting them down. You thank it. You let it know it must and that you require it to shut down. Then you say, I'm in charge and I have a plan. And so the plan is to understand exactly what are the opposite fields that I'm going to be maintaining. So that's how you shut down these programs where the brain mind's trying to keep you safe, working and functioning in those limiting fields. The next level, the next field, is this field of time, of time. So we get uncomfortable all the time because, around time, because we worry about the past and the future a lot. Humans are trained to do this well. The perfect slave race is going to worry about their quotas. The perfect slave race is going to be concerned about repercussions that they remember happening in the past. And my, I just want everyone to know my angels are appearing to me right now because they're very, very happy about us talking about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but this, the fact is, is that time only ever happens in the present. And when we talk about enlightened people, those people are incredibly present. They're not thinking about the past or the future. They've collapsed them. They've collapsed them into the present because that's where all the action is. 
that's where the action is. That's where you get to decide everything in a new way in every moment. And so that's the truth. So when you find yourself worrying about the past or the future, like how am I going to be a better oracle? What's, what is it going to take for me to get there? Worrying about that. No, 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 no. I just know what uh, the energy is that I want. And, and every moment I work to maintain it. So I'm very, very present. I don't worry about how I'm going to get there. I know that I will as long as I continue to maintain that energy line in the present. When people have had a lot of trauma in their past, it programs them. It programs them to see things in polarities like victim tyrant and worthlessness arrogance and these different ways of functioning in the world. And then memories of, of trauma can come up and haunt you and bother you and paint the way that you build trust in the world, that you build relationships. So what you want to do is you want to catch those programs, the way your brain keeps going back to your your bad childhood, the way your brain keeps remembering when that boyfriend or girlfriend was mean to you, remembering trauma in your past. You want to catch your brain doing that, and you're going to do the same thing. You bow to the brain. You bow to that program. Thank you so much for trying to help me. I require you to shut down now. I'm in charge. And my plan is to be present right now. And then we breathe. Don't forget the breath. The body's a machine. So just like when you type a program into a computer and you push enter, the enter button is your breath. So we always breathe. We breathe that command into reality in our body. And just like archaeology, this takes a lot of work. It takes presence. It means you're going to have to do this daily. You're going to hack at this. And you will find that you're going to get somewhere. <laughs> You'll get somewhere. Your brain will stop going to the past. It's going to stop worrying about the future because it does actually want to serve you, and it can be reprogrammed. If you are persistent and consistent about it, you can do that. The third field is that field of use. How do we use energy? Can we be more reverent and understand that the use of energy is in itself a sacred act? And I'm talking about breathing I'm talking about using water and eating and all of these different basics. How can we make sure that we have a very present consciousness around that? How do our bodies react when we see the other people abusing the elements around us or when we find that ourselves aren't as reverent? as we could be, the limitless energy that we want to reach is this sacredness, this act, active sacredness. It's like living in a beautiful meditation of sacredness. Ah, I am here on this planet. My life and everything I'm doing is sacred. And then we can use, again, if the programs pop up that shame you for the way you use things, you say, ah, thanks for trying to help me. <laughs> I require you to shut down now. I'm in charge. My plan is to just live a reverent and sacred life of use when I use energy. 
And the next one is the field of the fear of death. The perfect slave race had to be afraid of death. They had to be afraid of it. So they created all these dynamics. And we are told that, oh, this is the only lifetime you can live, that you may end up burning in a fiery pit of hell if you don't live correctly. And all of these different things that are keep people afraid of death because they don't know what they don't remember and they don't know what happens afterwards and we're taught that nobody can know what happens after death and that's simply not true so that one's a hard one because the body has some programming naturally built in it to make it not want to die but that's different than this really intense human fear of death that almost turns into an obsession with uh, with long and even infinite life so we can see this show up in our surroundings we see how our society has programmed us to fear death so when the fear of death comes up and you feel the discomfort of it that's your body reacting to this really expansive very heavy field of fearing death when in fact destruction is part of the nature of this universe and destruction is one of those incredible laws of the universe that is and can be very beautiful. That death can be beautiful. It's part of creation. It's part of preservation. And when we acknowledge that, that is a limitless understanding of death. That's the opposite of the fear of death. Understanding and even loving and observing and bringing into oneness the fact that destruction is happening all the time around you. A hundred million cells in your body die every day. And a hundred million cells are born. So you yourself are actively being part of this universe. And when we recognize that, then that field of fear of death, we can hack away at that too. With the same conscious deprogramming processes. And that last one, that last field, is the field of remembrance. We've been taught that we cannot remember who we are. And we know from so many incredible children, measurable results, that that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all these great kids who come through and say, oh, I remember, I know exactly who I am. <laughs> and they get shut down, they get shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And some parents, amazing light worker parents, they let their kids be exactly who they are. And they too, they want to remember. They want to remember. Everybody does. One of the most common questions I get in sessions is, where am I from? Who am I? That's such an incredible question. And I'll tell you, Lauren, most people already know. <laughs> mm-hmm. They just need that validation. Exactly. Because when they, they hear need to it. look in the mirror. Well, like, so if if you're able to assist them with that, I know that is a big question, like, where am I from? When you help them with that, they are able to have that feeling of knowingness within. And so that even helps them in remembering past experiences, past lives, and bringing them in without that help. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it's. It's my goal to be that mirror 
where someone, they've got a set of questions. What's next? What's my purpose? Who am I? Well, you go and you look in the, the oracle, and the oracle shows you. And most of the time, people have had an inkling. They have some breadcrumbs they left themselves in this lifetime that give them a clear view of who they are, but they, they've been taught that they can't remember. And that's that field of limitation I'm talking about. And and so being able to be told, well, this is what I see. This is where you're from. Here's your, here's your family. Wow, what an incredible breakthrough from that field to get rid of that field once and for all, to know that you actually came in with remembrance and that from our, our six societies programming, you believed that you couldn't remember anymore. And then your brain mind played along trying to keep you alive. So when we have any doubts around who we really are, we want to bow to that program. Thank it. Let it know it's time to go. You're in charge. And you have a plan. You're going to be exactly who you were meant to be. And whatever that might look like in this life, whatever reason you might be here, it doesn't have to be super complex. You're here to help the new earth. You wouldn't be here at this time right now if you weren't. You are here to help the new earth to bring us into the next golden age and your individual work on that. As each of you dig through these fields and you tackle the hard ones, you start with the easy ones and then you get to the hard ones, there's no specific order. <laughs> you just start with the one that sounds the easiest to tackle. And as you do that, you're going to find your body will shift. Your mindset shifts. The body becomes free. Free of all of this heavy weight of all those heavy, dirty layers of time and suffering and being told that we are nothing but slaves, it's not true. And when you get down to the bottom, when you get down to the bottom, there's other programs that pop up that are, are related to these fields like worthlessness mm-hmm. or caring too much about what other people think, um, mm-hmm. dealing with uh, different kinds of doubt programs like when people are trying to use their third eye. I teach people to use their third eye. Most of the time, people's ideas around the third eye are a little bit um, skewed because people believe that they can't see, when in fact, a lot of times, they're using their third eye. They just haven't had the right training around it. It's a muscle. Everybody's got a functioning third eye. There's, you know, some exceptions, but they're usually very, very specific reasons why that person might not be able to use their third eye. Um, and getting the training to understand how to use it, well, one of the biggest programs that people have around the third eye is they'll start seeing something and the program pops up that says, you're just making it up. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And you, you get rid of it by doing the same thing. You bow to it, thank it, require it to shut down, then you say, I'm in charge, and I have a plan. My plan is to trust what I see. And you do this enough, consistently, you're rewiring your brain. 
So you want to tackle all those little naggly random programs around what you're trying to do. Limitlessness takes work. You got to carve that time out every day. You got to come into the attitude that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to carve it out. And then there's this other problem because people are magnets. They pick up energy everywhere they go. They pick it up and they leave it too. So they pick up energy and we pick up a lot of energy. We pick up dark energy. We pick up light energy and everything in between. And empaths know this problem. And so a lot of people will build armor around their hearts to stop themselves from picking up energy and then they're just not connecting to anybody. And then they lose their feeling of connectedness in their body. And I hear a lot of people say, I can't even feel my body anymore. Those are the people who are so sensitive that they've completely detached themselves from being able to feel, probably because of incredible trauma. So mm. how do we get rid of that? Well, we got to dig that out too. That's part of your DNA digging. This is just quantum digging. But we want to use the heart this time. We want to use the heart to do this. Because your heart has perfect remembrance. Your heart cells hardly regenerate. Most of the heart cells have been with you in the womb and will continue with you until you die. And they remember every detail of your life perfectly, much better than the brain mind does. So the heart, she creates this beautiful electromagnetic field around the body. That means that the heart space can communicate to all the cells of the whole body and can do some really incredible work for you. So the technique I use to dig through that dark stuff that we picked up in this lifetime is I use my heart. I thank my heart. Thank you so much, dear heart, for serving me. It brings my heart online. And then I say, dear heart, please lift a layer of dark energy out of my body now. I'm telling my heart exactly what to do. A layer of dark energy, like digging, guys. <laughs> one layer at a time lift a layer of dark energy out of my body now I give that command now not later, now and then you breathe, breathe that into reality <sighs> and you feel that layer of dark energy lift out of your body your heart knows exactly what layer that first layer and then we raise our light so we want to do both we want to raise the light make that light underneath all that dark energy as bright as possible to make all that dark energy easily removed. And then we say, dear heart, please lift my light in my body and spirit up one step now. And we say one step up because it's a very specific logical direction. One step up, not just up because then the heart's like confused. Well, what, which, how far up? <laughs> how far up are we going here? And then we say now. One step up now. And then we breathe because we're pushing enter into our command. So when we do this regularly, I started to do this particular command set and I found that I, I felt really, really good. So I did it like 12 times one day, Loren, and I passed out. <laughs> uh-huh. So you want to be careful 
I've been telling folks just to do it in the morning so you get rid of anything old, any old stuff, and then do it in the evening so you get rid of anything you picked up during the day, and then you're never behind. But don't do it too much all at once because your body can only handle so much light <laughs> all at once. And my brain was like, she's not going to stop, so it just <laughs> shut me off. Um, so be careful because your body wants to survive. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it will. It's going to survive. Um, and then I think what's going to be really beautiful is, again, if you're consistent about this, hacking away at the dark energy and raising the light, you're going to find that one day you wake up, and I call this blank slate day because it happened for me. I woke up, and I didn't have any more dark energy. It was gone. All of it. My whole lifetime's worth of dark energy was gone. The heart is so powerful. It took me about three or four months to do this, and it was so incredible. I felt so expanded and one and bright and incredibly in my power. I hadn't felt better in my whole life. couldn't believe that such an incredibly simple command could have such a profound effect on my embodiment. But that's how you systematically hack at these layers to get to that beautiful light. That light moving through you is your ray of light coming from source, moving through all 12 dimensions, picking up all 12-dimensional information and all of that incredible um, different qualities of existence and consciousness in those 12 dimensions moving through you into the now. And when you finally get past all of these layers and all of those fields and you do the work, you will see the difference. And it's going to change your life and the lives of the people around you. And at the quantum level, which is why we call it quantum DNA archaeology, at the quantum level, it creates huge ripples across the planet. Self-work right now has never been more precious because we're finally free of the physical 4D matrix that was around the planet. She shirked that off with incredible amounts of help and support over the past six months, and now we're in this place where the only matrix limitations are in our consciousness. So a free mm-hmm. human being is like an atomic bomb of quantum light on all these levels of existence. It's fantastic. Beautiful. This work that we do we are supported, and, and it might not be easy to recognize. We have questions that come up from people, and they really feel it. For example, a listener, I don't have a name, but uh, this listener says, what can I do if I don't believe I deserve? I don't know what is an infinite being. And as I'm listening to you, I'm crying as I so desire to believe you. So ah, that right that's a very is a, powerful. Okay, that's very powerful. But see, this despair that one can feel is actually the awareness point. That point mm-hmm. to be aware and to shift it. Exactly. You nailed it. Perfect. 
because so, you want to yeah. believe, yeah, mm-hmm. because you want to believe, you're identifying and separating yourself from the program, friend. The, the program is worthlessness. Feel it. Feel that worthlessness and how uncomfortable it is to feel like you don't deserve. And when you recognize it, you can separate yourself from it. You are a soul, first and foremost. You've been programmed by your trauma, probably many, many lifetimes of trauma, that you are a slave that doesn't deserve limitlessness. That's the program. You bow to it and thank it. Thanks thanks for trying to help me, but I require you to shut down now. I'm in charge. My plan is to believe that I desire this, that I am this, to believe in it. That's what You don't have to make a complex plan about it. You just need to know what the other side is. And the other side of it is just simply that that, that desire point, that's, that's perfect. Just simply that you desire it. You don't have to suddenly be limitless. That doesn't have to be the plan. The plan is that you're going to hang out in the desire to be limitless instead of hanging out in worthlessness. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you step out of the program and you say, nope, I desire to believe Elizabeth and Lauren. I desire to believe this. That's what I want to be in. And feel it. Feel it in your body. Feel the difference. The difference. And, and you know, jump back and forth. Say, all right, now I'm in worthlessness. How does it feel? Oh, it hurts. Oh, it's so uncomfortable. Step mm-hmm. out of it. My desire. My desire to be limitless. My desire to deserve limitlessness. That feels much better. That's your next that's your starting point. Excellent. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you desire it. But <laughs> Loren nailed it. Yeah. That's your starting point. That's your starting point. And, and it's wonderful how you can help people get there. So it's beautiful work that you do. You really are that assistant for people to make these shifts stronger in their own lives. And I love how you talk about being here in the always present moment. That is where we have our power. And this is part of it, too. And can you share a little bit more about this connection that you make, this constant heart connection that brings you in the present moment? Yeah, I I see it as this intelligent light. I see source. I was brought up um, Byzantine Catholic, so very reverent. Lots of um, incredible beauty and sacredness around ritual and this um, desire to please God. And in Byzantine Catholicism, you go and you sing the Mass. We called it a liturgy. You would sing, and I love to sing. And so I loved singing because I could see the light of source. And people were like, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. I said, yeah, but when you talk about the Holy Spirit, I think of like, you know, this fiery dove that's on fire, like flying in the air. That's not what I'm seeing. 
I'm seeing like this internet and the internet didn't really come on board until I was a uh, early teens. So I'm like one of the last generations who had a childhood without it. But um, it's this intelligent light that moves through all the dimensions. Now, this is important because this light is a force and it contains all imagination. I call it divine imagination. So source has already thought up of everything that exists in this universe and all the other universes. And so there's really nothing new that you can imagine. You can't even really imagine the levels of despair and self-hatred that source has already imagined into existence. Or even like the extremes of incredible, powerful love. But we have access to all that information. We have access to all divine imagination. Because when you finally realize that you have a direct connect you can plug into that and allow that information to flow through you there's this energy behind it it's a force it's the force of unconditional love this is the force that created the universe they called it the big bang in science and i like to use source because it's a source field that we can measure <laughs> you can actually measure the source field we can we know that there's 12 dimensions in mathematics. We know there's a source field. Um, these are things that are measurable. But at the very beginning of this universe, there was this simple desire to love and be loved. That's what created this universe, is the force of love. And then all these particles sort of separated from this source field and then became like gluons and weird crazy names that they give for the very pre-particles. And then they got bigger particles because they were all attracted to each other because they were loving each other. <laughs> and then they started to create bigger, bigger, bigger particles until they began to create suns and stars and planets and bigger particles. This force is measurable. It's a measurable force, and you are not separate from it. It's a lie that you are separate from it. That's exactly what keeps us as a slave race, is the idea that we're separate from the source field, which is God. And you're not. The light, the intelligent light, it moves right through you. It moves right through our animal friends. It moves through all things sentient. It moves through all cells. This is, it moves through everything. There is no separation. I like to use a really cool metaphor to describe this. Um, my angels one day showed me how to talk about this field, which would be source. And they said, well, just tell them to imagine a really taut sheet. So we're having a big white sheet and we're all holding it really, really taut. So it's really flat. And then we put some little balls, little round marbles on this sheet, right? And each of these is a sentient, or in this case, a, a person. Each of these is a person. Well, some of those marbles, they get really heavy with programming, with worthlessness, with dark energy, with oppression, with violence, with trauma get heavier and heavier feeling like they're separate from that source field but it's an illusion 
they're simply just heavy with that opposing energy of the opposite of that incredible love. And yet they're always held in love. They never stop being on the sheet. It's an illusion to be at the bottom of that pit, <laughs> being so heavy and separate. Then there's some of those marbles that become more transparent and lighter, and they float just on the surface of the sheet, and lots of light moves through them, so you can barely even tell they're there. That is an enlightened person, someone who has light moving through them. They are lighter because they're allowing the true source field to move through them. They're getting out of the way. They're letting their skill set shine through and just being part of source and yet enjoying being whomever they might be, enjoying being Elizabeth. So this is a kind of a cool metaphor to imagine. So our friend who feels so worthless that they don't deserve to be limitless, it's because they're really heavy on that source field. They've got a lot of dark energy to hack away at, right? You get really heavy with all that dark energy. It feels separate. You feel disconnected. Your gifts aren't online. Your knowledge about yourself isn't there. Keep hacking away at it, and you'll get lighter and lighter and lighter. And then, one day, you'll be able to see that you are indeed part of the source field. So I hope that helps as a metaphor. I find it useful. Yes, it is very helpful. It's beautiful. Okay, well, Stephanie has a question, and we're going to go to the phone line and take a caller or two just so that we can see you um, interact with people. It helps really explore what a session is like with you. My Uh, favorite. Stephanie has a question, though. She says, would you have guidance for someone who's being attacked by darker energies relentlessly? Yeah, absolutely. I want you to know that if you're being relentlessly attacked, it's because you're incredibly powerful. You're incredibly powerful. I want to give an example. Um, Recently, I saw some incredibly um, intense oppression in one of my sessions. This person had more demonic oppression than I've ever seen in my life. It was I don't get scared about this stuff anymore, but I have to say I was really shocked and dismayed at how much oppression was happening. And she she was in complete and total despair and worthlessness, so, so separate. And I I was able to help get rid of the entities who were oppressing her, but she began to continuously be attacked, which happens because those entities, they want you back. So I asked my friend, I said, gosh, you know, I'm I'm frustrated for this person. Like, what is it that made this incredible amount of oppression happen to her? And my friend said so simply, well, because she's incredibly powerful. It dawned on me, of course, of course. They would love to have those light, light, beautiful beings fall hard. In fact, when you're that powerful and you have that much light that could be moving through you, 
oh boy, they would love to just have you fall from the top of the Empire State Building is what, what they want to happen. A person who is in that light and being tra- attacked like that, they want they want to have you fall hard because when you fall hard, you release an incredible amount of despair and pain and agony. And they just feed off of that. It's like a feast. So they pick the brightest, lightest people. And that can be awful, but you got to keep building your light. So remember that the um, archaeology of hacking away at the layers of darkness using the heart field the other side of it is to build your light because as you build your light, you solidify it. You make it a solid sphere of energy around you that is impermeable and then you make that energy of your field bigger and bigger and bigger. When I've been attacked by really dark entities, I often will come against something that makes me really nervous and I become afraid. And I know that my fear reaction means that this is the next big step for me as a a light warrior. And so I will stand in my light and I will make it even brighter because I'm untouchable in that light. You become untouchable in that light. Don't fear being attacked. It's actually an incredible sign that you are on the right path. Just know you must bolster your light to that point of solidity. Know that that's what your goal is. And work on it in the moment, every time. You just feel the light move through you. You keep connecting. Don't ever feel disconnected. Know that there is only oneness within you with source and the brightest, most insane light can move through you and keep you safe. And now, I'm my field is so big. I've got lots of things watching me all the time. But they can't touch me. They can observe all day long, but not one of them will ever get close. And when I come into someone's field and they're being oppressed, now I get a real big reaction from those entities because they get freaked out. They know exactly what's going to happen. And that means they're getting an ultimatum. They can either transform and leave the planet or face destruction. That's the nature of what we're dealing with. But no matter what, those folks, they've got to build their light. That's how you keep yourself protected. That's that's that other step. Building the light always, and we do it from the heart and um, hacking away at those programs so there's a question, how would one know if we are being, I, don't, I guess that word attacked is the operative word here, or being influenced by sure. entities, or even this could be thought forms or belief systems, right? Yeah, um, there's a specific thing that you're looking for when you're identifying oppression versus programs. So programs are something that you learn that tell you about how things should be in order for you to survive in a slave, uh, mm-hmm. slave-based slave society. Mm-hmm. Well, oppression sounds like someone saying, I feel like I'm being tortured. I feel like I'm being tortured in my own head, like I'm in jail and I can't escape. 
that sounds like someone who's in, who's being oppressed by something outside themselves. So the identification of that is for an individual, if they want to know, am I being oppressed? Well, there's multiple ways to become oppressed. The most two common ways are that you inherited the oppression. And that can look like families, family members throughout many generations having addictions, um, having like a, a constant anger issue or mental illness, even psychosis or schizophrenia running in the family. When I see that, that's oftentimes genetic bondage. So that means that an entity has picked that family to continuously harm and feed off of their energy and despair because trauma and abuse work in cycles. So they just use that to their advantage. The second way is that someone has gone through a lot of trauma and abuse and at some point in time they said, I would do anything for this to stop or some kind of window like that opened for an entity to attach themselves on that person's despair. And that looks like someone having thoughts randomly pop into their head that are violent, are cruel, are hateful, that aren't just programs but are really cruel and mean and awful. Someone having their awful childhoods replayed over and over in an obsessive way in their mind when they are just trying to cook dinner or just trying to work or just trying to do whatever normal daily tasks. And so that entity knows exactly how to play that person's mind to keep them in a constant state of despair and a constant state of worthlessness. But that's what I look for when I'm trying to identify, is this programs that are keeping someone functioning in a sick society or is it actually outside of that person and that entity is harming them? Um, I want to give an example real fast before we get some live callers. Um, my friend, she helps me clean my house and uh, helps me watch my kids because I'm so busy. And she has been coming into my house for many months and I noticed that there was an entity attached to her and that she was getting worse and worse. She was getting really angry with her family all the time. She was feeling like she was never good enough all the time. And it was driving her crazy. And she came to me in despair one day, like, I feel like I'm going crazy. And I said, all right, it's time. I want you to know that this is not you. Do you realize that? that this is not you, it's it's something that's actually attached to you. Can you understand that? Do you feel that? And her eyes got really big, and she said, oh, you're right. And I said, what does it look like? What does it feel like? And we talked about it, and the entity was forced to be unattached because we identified it. And then we gave him that ultimatum, and in that 20 minutes of talking to her, she became free, and the next day she came to my house, and she ran into my arms crying, and she said, Elizabeth, I looked in the mirror today, and I saw how beautiful I am for the first time. Mm -hmm. I am so amazed. I am so changed, and she has been so happy since, and it's so beautiful to finally see people be able to be free 
And I told her, if you get bothered by any entities, you know what to do. You build your light. You become strong. You stand in your power. And she's she's doing it. She's doing great. And it's so neat to watch that in person, too. Very liberating. Okay, beautiful. Again, the whole point is our power, our heart-centered power, and bringing through the dimensions, the 12 dimensions, the source light, heart light through the 12 dimensions into our physical form. Very, very interesting. I would like to say if our callers are listening on the web call or by phone, you can raise your hand if you want to ask a question. Uh, I've got a couple questions on our chat line here. And um, before we go to the callers, can you talk a little bit about implants? Um, oh, yeah. Yes, Definitely. okay. Let's see. What are your views on implants, energetic, interfering with consciousness and expansion? There seems to be a resurgence of a lot of talk about these being very prevalent right now. Uh, and yeah. then there's another person, uh, Kine in Norway, who also says, can you speak of even being sabotaged massively with off offensive energies at birth? This person has uncovered several implants and a huge amount of entities in various parts of the body. Can it be due to past life activity? It's contributed to serious illness as well as a painful life. Yeah. That's, okay. that's some genetic bondage there. So the soul will bring in a lot of different uh, polarities and dynamics that it's trying to heal that maybe it wasn't able to in other lives. So the soul has its own history. The physical body has yet another history. So we always have two histories. <laughs> the physical body has all of the trauma of your ancestors, um, written in it all the way back to the original humans and so when someone is born into this bondage it's often the history of the body that they're born into and then the soul is going to bring in its own stuff that it wants to continue to work on and you'll often leave yourself breadcrumbs like around your life looking at that what are the polarities what are the big big programs for you to look at but this genetic bondage piece is very, very important because many, many people are born into this and they end up having incredibly painful lives and they can get targeted by many different kinds of beings who are interested in putting these implants in. And, of course, that leaves lots of room for entities to attach onto tra traumatic um, events and then attach to the body and the spirit. And what does this do? It makes us sick, very sick. People end up having incredible amounts of sickness. People will come to me because I'm a medical intuitive. They'll come to me for health issues that are actually most of the time rooted in spiritual problems, most of the time. So that's something to to note. Check out your embodiment. Are some of the issues that the chronic illnesses you're dealing with and maybe even have inherited are those actually a sign of some kind of bondage or oppression? Probably. 
And then this, so let's talk about um, implants because I've been seeing a lot of them too, and probably now more than ever, um, there's what this is big it, wave really? of it. What well, is yes? They can be very, very physical in that they are actually real 3D things. The gray aliens are are most famous for that, and then they can be spiritual implants as well. Um, and there's all different kinds, and they've changed. Um, I've dealt with certain people who uh, are, you know, um, older, and they and they have been carrying these implants around, and they're these big old clunky implants. Some again, sometimes they're very 3D. No doubt, these these 3D things actually very very good amount of science behind this, very um, oppressed science, but it's it's there. Um, abductions by the greys are very real. It's very real. Um, and the they have a lot of curiosity around trying to hybridize their own DNA with human DNA. And they'll keep track of people. I've even been abducted by the greys, just to be honest, a couple of times. Well, the first time I was taken out of my room, but the second time... It didn't work, and neither time really worked well because they couldn't they couldn't turn my brain off. Um, I'm wired mm. different. I'm a seer, so they couldn't actually turn me off. They couldn't make me pass out, and so it didn't work. <laughs> and they then they just gave up on me, I, thankfully. Um, mm. But I know I know lots of people who've been abducted and who have implants that are very 3D. Interestingly. There are ways to turn those implants off remotely, but removing them physically is something you have to do in the 3D. I can turn them off remotely. I figured out a way to do that. It's not easy. It's actually very um, intense, and when you're working with implants, it can make the healer very sick because the fields that are being created by those implants are really nasty and are harming those people and making them very ill. And then I've seen all these other different kinds of implants as well that are spiritual. And they can, uh, one recently, um, it it uh, was on top of the woman's crown, keeping her from connecting to source. Mm. And they had put a bunch of other implants in her feet, keeping her from grounding and they were wanting to just kind of keep an eye on her and see what would happen. A lot of this is other beings experimenting on human beings. This is part of our oppressive history. Mm-hmm. Part of our history. We've been experimented on. Our DNA has been messed with. We can change that. We have the power to change our DNA. You can get rid of those um, implants. You can get them turned off. It helps to get help with this stuff. Everybody needs help. I need help. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It can help to have somebody be able to identify them. Most of the time, people know they have them. That's the thing. They know it. They feel it. They feel the shocks moving through their legs at random times. They feel the shocks in their the back of their head or their or their skull. They'll feel the stuff in their neck and their. They'll feel them behind the ears. I've seen them all over the body, all kinds of different. It's like, it's it's scary. It's really weird. 
Um, and I've I've also seen them have uh, mechanisms to hurt the person whenever I'm trying to turn them off, like it's it's mm. programmed to be intelligent and know when it's being meddled with. So it's all been very like uh, a learning experience over many years of helping people deal with these implants. But they are very, very real, and they come in different dimensions. They can be very spiritual. They can be very physical. And there's a lot of different reasons why they might be happening. The one kind of implant that I have had the most trouble with, and some of you might know people who have this or you might have it, um, be conscious of this. It can show up as sarcoidosis or other kinds of cancerous events. But I have found that the mantis beings, not all the mantis beings are good. There's some good mantis beings and some not so good, just like there's good reptilians and bad reptilians. Um, there, You can't paint an entire race with just one big paintbrush ever. Um, and the mantis beings um, who actually guided the Monsanto folks to begin genetically modifying plants, uh, they have implanted people with fungus implants. And these fungus implants are really challenging. And I've actually, the first time I ever met a mantis being was when I found an implant like this. And they have mind control abilities that are really incredible. Um, but they have a really nasty agenda. Um, they would love to see the whole human race wiped out because they believe the earth belongs to them. So there's some agendas out there. Every race has one. Humans have agendas, too. Angels have agendas. Everybody's got an agenda. But if you want to recognize that our agenda can simply be sovereignty, sovereignty and being as powerful as we really are, allowing all that source to move through us, that source moves through all of them, too, whether their agendas seem helpful or not. They're part of the source field as well, so we can have forgiveness for them, which is a unique human capacity, and then get as much support and help with whatever's happening to us. Um, yeah, that's that's the most I can speak on that at the moment without teaching like a whole long another hour. <laughs> yes, and the <laughs> ultimate point is that we can liberate ourselves from this, Yes. And we do it with light. And yes, so light. no need to and get all freaked out. Light yes, and what? Exactly. And collaboration. And collaboration. Yes, okay. All right, we have some callers. Again, if you are on the phone or web call, star two will raise your hand. We can take a couple of calls. So... um Let's talk to uh, Kine or Kine Norway. That was uh, who just had one of the questions on that. Hi. Hi. Um, and can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I. Um, I'm so happy you took my call. I. I have removed um, by myself uh, these implants and entities. Uh, yes. In uh, an intense period now, it's not so long ago that I removed the last one, but <laughs> I would like you to to check if I actually have removed everything. Um, oh, very that, good. 
Oh, when you're I'm a great example. You're a great example. You're doing this work. You're you believe that you can, and you are doing it. Excellent. I'm so yeah. proud for you. <laughs> oh, good. I would love to. I just need permission. Mm-hmm. You have my permission and my heart. Thank says, you. Says yes. <laughs> So as I'm doing this scan, I'm seeing your embodiment. I'm seeing your spirit. I see a lot of bruising where this must have been going on. I'm looking for heaviness. I'm looking for dark energy. I'm looking for structures that don't belong. Mm -hmm. I don't see anything popping out to me. What I see is the body remembering it. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between having it there and the body remembering it. It's kind of like, well, yeah, my body remembers when I got that really nasty cut or, or whatever, and we end up having a scar. So mm. help, to, help, to help your body heal from here out, there's a lot mm. of like spiritual bruising going on, especially up and down your spine, the top of your head, your neck, um, lots of different spots. So um, what you just want to do is you use that heart field. You can mm-hmm. ask the heart, dear, dear heart, please tell my whole body that it is perfect now and breathe. Now that's a very specific command. Instead mm-hmm. of telling the body that it needs to heal, where the mm-hmm. body will systematically, if you tell the body it needs to heal, then it says, oh, we're broken, and then it goes through like a computer to try to figure out which cells are broken. When mm-hmm. you tell the command that it's perfect, then all the cells get the message at once that they're perfect, and then they end up having to move into perfection so there's a difference between telling the body that it has to heal itself and telling mm. it that it's perfect as a command because the command that it's perfect can happen all at once, whereas mm. healing ends up having to be this really slow, systematic process. Do you see mm. the difference? Absolutely. That's uh, perfect. Mm. Excellent. You're you're amazing. I'm so <laughs> excited for you. <laughs> Good work. Thank you so much. Uh yeah, oh, I'm uh, very welcome. <laughs> I I have I just want to add that I also discovered uh, lately how how I could uh, change uh, EMF fields because I'm really bothered by by that. Oh, neat. Yep. Very offensive. Mm-hmm. So I I learned a trick from Brian Besco that I also heard at Lawrence uh, web. Awesome. And uh, so I placed light anchors on all the cell towers that I can see from source down to the middle of Gaia and uh, programmed the cell towers to emit positive frequencies instead of negative. And, uh, And I can do it with smart meters, um, spaces, inside, outside. And it made me able to travel now by plane to another country Wi-Fi, so... Oh, wow. 
So wow, that's amazing. Uh, imagination is a beautiful thing. It's uh, that's key. Just, and use that heart field of yours to um, to raise that light so much that that electromagnetic field around your body will be impermeable to the EMFs. Yeah. Use that heart field. She's super, super smart. She can do all the things you command her to do. And don't forget to breathe them into reality. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, beautiful. Wow, that was cool. Let's go on to another caller. Uh, this time we're going to Carbondale, Illinois. Cell phone ending in 2232. Hi, cell phone caller. You're unmuted. What's your name, please? This is Lucy. Lucy? Yes. Hi, Lucy. Hello. Do you have a question for our beautiful Elizabeth? <laughs> yes, Elizabeth, of course. Uh, first, I just want to say thank you, uh, number one, Lauren, for taking my call. And uh, Elizabeth, for having the willingness to do what you do. Um, could you please scan me? I have been so sick for a few weeks and probably years and didn't even know it, but to the point that I don't even want to go into it. I like the idea of what you said a while ago. I've been talking to myself about healing, and all of a sudden when you said tell them they're perfect, I went, oh, it was like a relief. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, good. I'm glad. That's a, that's an incredibly important technique. Yes, but I would I love to give like you a I have some serious stuff in and on and around me, and I've tried to clear and clear and clear, and it just seems sometimes it's like two steps forward and one step back, and I really need help, and I've been praying so hard to Mother Mary for help the last two days in 10 years. Yeah, she's years, great. But yes. No problem. <laughs> no, you're fine. You. Can you can you Lucy, um can you tell me what is the illness that you've been told that you have? Um well I uh I believe that it was intestinal parasites, but they have produced themselves externally now because I got violently ill um for several days I ran a fever and vomiting and diarrhea and all that. And then my skin broke out on my head and my face. And, my God, uh, I'm everything. so sorry. It's like a parasite intestinal, but it's exploded throughout me. And um, so that's, that's okay. all I have right now other than some things I can do to make it feel relief and some things it just seems like it makes it worse. Yes, I understand. Let's let's take a look. All right, I just need your permission. Yes, ma'am, you have it. And, and Thank so you. much gratitude. Of course, my friend. No problem. Yeah, I perceive some of this oppression you're talking about and I feel it trembling just because you're looking. Oh, yeah, it doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Not at um, all. Like in my guts. Right. And... 
Yeah, it's it's down right. from your head and your spine yes. is like hugging you from it, the back. Yeah. All right, hang on just a minute, and I'm going to push it off of you if that's okay. Beautiful. So what I'm doing, so people can hear my process, is entities like this, they're not always smart. They're not always smart. Some of them are really, really smart. This one's not that smart because it's attracted to the pain around the parasite infection. It's not actually attracted to Lucy. It's attracted to the pain. There's a difference. So some of these entities, they're not very clever, and this one's not very clever. So. I'm giving it an opportunity while I'm going to continue to examine. I'm giving it an opportunity right now to either transform back into a being of light or to leave in some other way, shape, or form. So I'm not always nice about it, but I'm giving it an opportunity for mercy, and that's important because sometimes these beings will actually transform back. They're all, they've all started out as beings of light. All right, so now I'm looking at your body. All right, so I have a question for you. Have yes. you tried diatomaceous earth? Oh, my gosh, it has been so marvelous. Um, I've had to, number one, I've had to use it on my skin because it's like a drying agent to keep these from moving more often or frequently yeah. or, or taking over the geography. I felt like I'm being consumed. And you are. Uh, I have taken, I do <laughs> take it internally. Uh, 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 I was taking it daily, but I'm having trouble with my colon. And here's something I'll also say, Elizabeth. If I have, a, like, I ended up having to shave most of my head because this got so bad. And my hair was over two feet long. And yeah. um, so you lose the ego quickly. And uh, yeah. I... <laughs> I kicked it right out the door, but some of these sores have like a, when I peel it, I can feel it detach at my head, but I can feel it plucked at the other end, like in my colon. Yeah, you're suffering. Uh, you're suffering. Oh, yeah, <laughs> desperately. And uh, I've tried, I've been working with the diatomaceous earth a great deal for Good. a couple of weeks now, and I do see it making a difference. It's slow. Um, uh, I've been able to uh, use some essence of clove oil on my uh, wounds, and that seems to dry them up. But yeah, so don't be afraid to take don't be afraid to take essential oils internally as long as they're diluted. Right. Um, one of my favorite folks is this guy named Doctor Z. And he uh -huh. teaches a lot about essential oils. I encourage you to look at the essential oils that are going to help you the most that you can take internally. And he's going to have really great answers around that. Oregano oil, black walnut oil. Um, yes. Uh, I've and, ordered and all four healing. of them. Uh, good, good. Clove oil, oregano, black walnut, and there's another one on that list. I don't have the notebook out here with me. Yeah, and um, then you're going to want to get from our um, local cooperative. Perfect. Then you're going to want to get some juniper berry. 
some okay. white thyme, ginger, okay. and I do that almost every day. Frankincense. Good, good. Frankincense. And frankincense. Okay. Frankincense is going to help heal that beautiful skin of yours, dear. Oh my gosh, it has scarred my so, face so good. terribly. It was going to help get rid of all of that. It'll really smooth out your skin. Remember to dilute it, but oh, frankincense is miraculous yeah. at healing. Okay. Inside and out. Don't yeah. be afraid to take these inside and out. Just dilute them. Um, okay. What you can do is you can put a drop or two in one of those plastic capsules and then just fill the rest up with some coconut oil or whatever and take it like that. Right. Um. Uh, yes, the diatomaceous earth is key. For you, I would say um, don't be afraid to take it every day. Just take it during the times when you're not taking other medicines. And right. take I don't about take a any other medications. So. Okay. Yeah, take a, take it with a, a tablespoon of that food grade. It's very safe, uh-huh. and it's going to keep healing you, and it's going to keep the inflammation down. And, yes, this is going to be a slow process because what happens is you got to kill all the generations of the parasites. Oh, my gosh. So you, you kill one generation, <laughs> then you got to kill the next, and then eventually there's not going to be any left. I so, keep begging St. Germain for answers as to why he's allowing me to kill this millions of populace. <laughs> is this a transmutation event or something? <laughs> you know, well, and I have another question for you. Or what? Yes. I have another question. Have you actually talked to the parasite? Have you spent some time talking to it? I have, uh, yes, more frequently because um, I heard a speaker uh, recently say, you know, yes, we are healers, but we can kill ourselves. And it made me stop and think about how, you know, I've done a lot of research about these parasites, and I understand that they probably could have been growing in me since I was, you know, crawling around on the floor learning to get my feet on me. You know, so they've been with me, and they have the same consciousness that I have, you know. Yeah, and there's a reason why they're there. I have been. I have been talking to it, but I have been commanding it to release itself because I transmute it with love back to the life that it was originally Good. conceived from. And yeah. uh, I've I've done a lot of work around it, but it seems like, uh, like I said a while ago, one step forward and two steps back. I will say this, for the length of time we've been sitting here talking, the trembling has stopped and it does feel like it's like maybe not disconnected fully, but it has like backed away. Yeah, it's it's gone. You know, it's gone. It's gone. And I want you to know Mother, Mother Mary took good care of that, okay? Because it, <laughs> oh, Wow. Um, I even had it in my fingers and toes. That oh, I, I believe it. And I can feel an amazing difference. Um, Listen, there's my... a there's a reason why this thing has been happening to you, and I I know that you have desired to be on the fast track towards enlightenment. This was the answer to that. <laughs> Do that too, but I've been telling them all, all my angels and guides, that I need assistance because I really didn't feel like I had what it took. I could keep medicating with it, certain herbals and things like that. I even. 
tried turpentine, which had amazing effects. But yeah, it also and- made it feel like it was making me kind of, you know, turpentine's rough, lady. That's that's rough. Yeah. Yes. You're wow. you're doing well. You're now you're free of this entity. Thank goodness. And listen, you're on the right track. You are going to be able to heal this, and because you're going to be able to get through it and go to the other side with a whole lot less ego. You're going to be able to help a lot of other people. You're going to make it. You're going to make yeah. it. The oh, earth yeah. is here to help heal you, and that diatomaceous <laughs> earth is your connect, connection to it. And those oils, the earth, you know, friend, uh, essential oils and diatomaceous earth have not been around for that long, the ability for us to use them in the way that we do. In right. fact, you this whole event is happening at the perfect time because now you have the tools to be able to heal yourself and don't forget the power of telling your whole beautiful body that it's perfect use your heart <laughs> yeah. to let that let the parasites know all right i get it i know why you're here and i have learned the lesson i'm done now you are welcome oh, to yeah. leave now yeah. I mean, I had been cleaning up my diet even for years, but uh, I kind of slacked this last, I don't know, year or so because I had a lot of stresses and I wasn't keeping up with myself so much. And um, getting sick was really the straw that broke the camel's back. And then seeing this was like, it is. it really was a relief to hear that to tell your body when you were telling that lady before I even forgot her name now. Sorry. Oh, thank yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Oh, thank you're you welcome. Thank you for being the light that you are. Thanks, Lucy. Thank you, Lucy. It's an honor to serve you, and I believe very much that you're going to be as bright of a light as anyone. You are. I feel like. I feel like already, like I'm about 199 pounds lighter. <laughs> Good. Oh. Good. And, and, and I hardly have that much on. <laughs> You're so sweet. All my love to you, friend. Oh. So much love and gratitude to you and to you, Lauren. Thank you Lucy. both. Thank you all for being here. Oh, we oh, all <laughs> send you a big hug, my friend. Yeah, big one, big, huge one. You. We, oh, you. beautiful hug. Thank you. Just remember, this is a gift. This yes. is also a gift. You will use it. it. It is your gift to remember, to help you remember who you are. And it's yeah. doing a beautiful job. Yes, I have to go back and remember to take notes, though, about the herbs, but, uh, yeah, Beautiful. to get the skin back. But, uh, Elizabeth, I'd like to make an appointment to talk to you. Uh, we'll be in touch. I would love to. Lots of beautiful work to do. Yes. yes. You all have a wonderful day wherever you are on the planet and know that you are all love, light, and the most magnificent joy that the Mother Father God could ever conceive of. Uh, thank oh, you. Oh, that's beautiful. beautiful. With loving gratitude. <laughs> thank you. Oh. 
Blessings. Big hug to you, Lucy. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, let's talk about this. It is so Mm -hmm. beautiful. It's so beautiful to see you, to see how you feel into that, to witness how it unveils um, these issues and how you make those connections. Let's take a quick moment and talk about how people can work with you. Maybe we have time for one more caller, but you do private one-on-one sessions with people. Plus, you do a lot of teachings with your work. You've got many courses, and so your special offer has your availability for our listeners today. Talk a little bit about those two offers. Yeah, I spent... Oh, gosh, probably a couple weeks putting this together because I wanted to pull together all the best of my work for people. So the first one, it includes a 90-minute session because if we're going to do a session together, I really want your callers to be able to get as much of my time as possible. And what I like to do is do a lot of really incredible work and get people set up with the tools they need so that they won't have to come back for a long time if they don't need to. Um, Or, you know, if they want to get lots of answers in that session, it might inspire them to continue to do work with me later. Um, And then I've got my Third Eye Evolution course that I'm offering. This is seven classes and six master notes that go along with it for everybody who likes to read. Um, And it's really the best of my work to help people tap into their third eye and connect with source and their guides. It's, it's an incredibly rich course. It talks about all these different beings I've mentioned. We talk about the theory behind all of this, how it all works. I get you really grounded in this. I give you all the easy ways to start working with the third eye and we build up into some heavy lifting. So I love this course because it's some of my best work. And then for the that package, the first one too, um, I also put together a combination of my classes around light. Light is so important, and so we have the mechanics of false light, um, rainbow gazing, practicing with light, everything you want to know about physical 3D light and, and of course, source light and how to identify false light. So that will get people nice and set up. I have a bonus that I'm adding, that I've added into these both packages, and that's actually some really great meditation music that my husband wrote. Um, some people who've been on some of my classes have heard it, and it can be very beautiful and healing and very special. Um, and then to add to it, I believe it was the second package where um, I am adding in all of the classes around healing. So you get to have access to my brand new ebook, which is Healing the Three Minds, the Brain, the Heart, and the Gut, and all the practices, those commands, and much more. Um, there's the workshop around the three minds that will be available as well, the recording of it. There's the quantum healing and remote viewing class, which was probably my favorite class I've ever taught because <laughs> it's my favorite subject, quantum healing and remote viewing. 
And then um, you'll get to come with me live, actually, this Saturday. <laughs> this Saturday we're doing a live class, The Science of Ascension, where we're going to talk about incredible detail about all these dimensions, how these fields work, how the DNA is worked, how the DNA is functioning to help you bring all those dimensions online and we're going to get really deep into it and I'm I'm thrilled it's going to be really excellent um, and so I believe that is the entirety of it but all of my very best and most up-to-date work available through quantum conversations especially so you can't find this anywhere else as a package at all nothing nothing even like it beautiful thank you so much for this we really want our community to uh, have access to readings with you, sessions with you, actually, way more than a reading. This is a, a powerful experience to do this inner work. And, of course, all of the courses that you teach are exquisite as well. Lots of beautiful knowledge. They are always well-received. So thank you for that. And again, this weekend is the Science of Ascension. On our show page here, we have links to the special offer, which includes sessions with you and the course material. And then, of course, people can just join the online healing retreat as well. So listeners, check that out. The links are on this web page. Well, do we have time very quickly here for one more caller? Oh, yeah. Okay. You know I could go all night. <laughs> yes, and we thank you for that. So we're going to go to San Diego. Nicole is on the line. Um, Hello. Yay. Hi. Thank Hi, you so Nicole. much. Hi. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Lauren. Hello. Thanks for squeezing me in. I won't go into any story because I know time is, is running here. Um, so I would be so grateful for a scan. I... I thought I had cleared a lot of stuff too, but some of the things you mentioned, I was like, yeah, that's going on. And I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I have one <laughs> going on in my brain stem, which has been affecting my use of my pineal gland and pituitary and also some cognitive functioning in general. And beyond that, I'm wondering about the mold thing. And I've been told that I have an elusive smart entity that likes to kind of keep watch and comes in and out. But so sometimes I've been scanned before and detected nothing. And then other times something's there. So I would love if you could take a look. Yeah, sorry, I will look. Say more than I wanted to anyway. <laughs> no, you're fine. I'll look. And um, just to be fair, Nicole, I'm going to do the best I can to help you. I might not be able to finish incredible detail as I, as I would like. These, these sorts of things can take a long time, like a 90-minute session. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna looking at that. At least as soon take as we a get look. Off. And, yeah. Thank you. I'm so glad. Yes. So I just need permission, please. Absolutely, please, and thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Consent is so important to me. Yeah, I agree. All right, so what I am perceiving is a lot of heavy, dark energy around your head, like you said, in your brainstem. Um trying to identify is it an entity or is it a a field of an implant or something like that i'm i see the implant actually mm. all right so the fields that these things create are really nasty stuff 
as you know, because you're feeling it. Mm-hmm. So the way that this one looks, and um, people can hear this so they can identify them themselves, is it looks almost like staples, like really big staples in the back of the head, and then they're all combined into a panel. And this one is a spiritual implant, so it can be identified in the 3D. All right, so what what I'm looking for is its power source because it's creating a field, which means it's on, so it has a power source. And the power sources will often be little bitty nuclear reactions that are in nano-sized little tesseracts that can handle all that power, and that's what I'm looking for. There it is. So it's at the bottom of this structure. It starts at the very top of your atlas and goes up into the brainstem some, and then it goes down um, probably halfway down your neck. Uh-huh. And the power source is at the bottom. So um, what I do is I go in and I find that little tesseract, and I move the reaction out of the tesseract because once it moves out of the tesseract then it turns off and there's three of them so I finished with the first second third now the field's off take a big deep breath I'm dissolving it in light just ask source please move the perfect light through me to heal Nicole's Brainstem. We never do direct healing. Only source heals. We move out of the way. All right, now take another big deep breath. I'm going to bring your core light back through down your crown because you've been disconnected. Yeah, there we go. So, check how you feel. How does it feel right now? It feels... Well, I had some weird little things in my head. My neck is not hurting as much, so that's good. Okay. So, where is the feeling in your head? Um, So, it was kind of pinging actually in the front right of my head, which was different, but I also did feel it at the very back. Yeah. Near the oxygen. So, I was, I'm, uh, so I'm seeing these little bitty nano-sized, they're like, uh, I've drawn pictures of them before. They look like really long, thin needles with a little nano whatever tesseract at the tip of them. There's two on either side of of your temples and then one in the very back mm-hmm. of the head. Mm-hmm. All right, so okay. in quantum healing, you can reach your hand into people's brains. <laughs> and it's kind of like working with an MRI machine. All right, take a big deep breath for me. Do I feel something in the back? Good. Okay. 
pop, there's some weird clicking in my throat, so I don't know if that has anything to do with anything. Yeah, so what happens is we start in on these things, right? We'll start mm -hmm. in on these different implants, and then the implants in the rest of the body will start to react. Huh. And that's exactly what's happening, is we're moving down. We're going from the top down. So this can take a long time because there can be hundreds. Um, okay. But you know now that this is happening for you. One yeah. of the things I want you to do is I want you to systematically sit down and write down where you believe these might be in your body. Okay. That can help move something like a session forward much faster. Okay. Because we do want to turn each of them off. Even if yeah. it takes a while, we want to do it. We want to move and dissolve them. We want to shut them down. They're very real. These are these are measurable. You're feeling them in your body. You can feel it. You feel how it's, uh, you feel the clicking. You feel the energy mm -hmm. turning on and off mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, I want to help you with your cognitive function because you mentioned that. Go yeah, ahead and go. Kind of frightening. Yes. So go ahead and go invest in an herbal supplement called Vinpocetine. It's V-I-N-P-O-C-I-T-I-N-E, I think. Okay. No, it's C-E, C-E, Vinpocetine, C-E-T-I-N-E. Yeah, so Vinpocetine. Okay. And... Um, also, go find another herbal supplement called Hooperzine, H-U-P-E-R-Z-I-N-E, Hooperzine A, and Vinpocetine. Start taking them. You will find your cognitive ability come back. And I have no doubt about it. Yep, uh, 30 milligrams a day of the Vinpocetine. And then, and you just take it in the morning. And then the Hooperzine, you can take every four hours, just one tablet. It's usually a standard dose. Okay. So you will find that your cognitive ability will come back. What's happened is the the field that's created by these implants really messes with those neurons, so they get real confused because it's a real field. It's a field of energy that's messing with your physical ability to think clearly. I want you to also consider um, getting some activated charcoal bags and hanging them around your bedroom. So you get a little okay. bags of activated charcoal, and you can buy them um, in, like, these little uh, cloth bags. And you hang them around your bedroom, and what, and especially at night, because if you have any mold around where you're sleeping of any kind, this can cause some of the issues you're talking about too. And we spend a lot of time in our bed. <laughs> so your bedroom is going to be a really key place for you to put these activated charcoal bags because they absorb this stuff like crazy. And the other thing I think you should do, because I'm seeing inflammation in your body, probably from a lot of different things, um, but uh Without, having, without going into identifying them, um, inflammation can be helped a lot by taking that diatomaceous earth. It's you got to get the food-grade kind. Don't get the garden-grade because mm -hmm. that can kill you. Get the food-grade kind. You take one tablespoon a day 
in water okay. uh, when you're not taking medication. So like at night before bed is great. It's tasteless. Okay. Goes down easy. It will help with inflammation because it's pure negative ions. If you do have any of the mold or fungus in your body, it's going to just completely wipe it out. So that's going to really, really help. And you'll feel so much better. And you'll get your mind back. Yeah. So that's a good start. That's a good start. At least you got your that crazy one around your head done. Let me check yeah, your feeling wow. and look through these entities real fast. Thank you. Well, I see a door. I see, I see an energetic doorway. Oh, we're going to shut this thing. No more of that. <laughs> All right, yeah. would it be okay for me to shut this thing? Yes, let's let it shut. Thanks. I need consent to do these things. A good yes, quantum healer asks consent, so that's important. Yes, yes, yes. All right, what, I've, what I'm doing is um, I'm kind of feeling this door shut, and I'm using my, one of my favorite tools, the violet flame. I'm making mm, a big old you. wall. Yeah. yeah. I'm making a big wall of this violet flame around you. No more doorways. All right. So important work for you, your homework, is to identify all the places in your body where there might be implants. And if you wanted to get like a, a you know how some doctor's offices will have like the, the blank body, <laughs> and they say circle oh, where you hurt. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> draw like a little blank body. Yeah, draw the blank body back and front. It doesn't have to be perfect. Oh. And then you want to put like dots on where you think there might be implants. And then okay. let's do a session, and I want you to send me Definitely. pictures of, of them so I can just systematically go through in a session, and we can just wipe it all out. Then the okay. second thing is that doorway opened for a reason. Something happened, some kind of event. I want you to think about what event happened to make that door open. It's a door oh, in your field. Was down to one? Okay. Well, maybe, or at least okay, some kind of emotion. There's usually... Mm -hmm some emotion that you brought through, we want to identify what's the energy that allowed that door to open. It doesn't have to necessarily just be an event. It could be worthlessness. It could be, um, yeah, <laughs> could be something like that. So kind of sit with it and, okay. and sit and say, you know, what's, uh, how long has this entity been dipping in and out of your field? And... Um, how long has certain emotions been dipping in and out of your field? And those are probably going to be linked. So that's good mm -hmm. homework because that's going to help you identify what programs and limiting fields we can hack at. <laughs> oh, wow. oh. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for giving me some direction. I feel like I can actually be more proactive with this again and not just kind of be fumbling in the dark at things. And I'm no problem. right away. Now, this is because yeah, I'm I mean, so powerful and I'm in the right direction, right? That this is happening? Yep. Did you yes, say that earlier? <laughs> it's divine timing. Divine, beautiful timing. Uh, you are powerful. I, so much gratitude. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Nicole. Uh,
Thank you, Nicole. A big, huge hug to you. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> big hugs to you and to you as well, Lauren. Thank you for extending that time out and taking the call. Yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Okay, well, what an opportunity for you to, every listener in our community, to experience one-on-one sessions with Elizabeth Wood, a beautiful um uh, it's it's you just have a laser like uh, ability to target that and identify it and uh, it and your story of trusting what you saw in your third eye and knowing what you know is quite beautiful and so it's just so precious that you can assist so many now to step into our own power to really liberate ourselves and to hold divine light and love from our heart centers and blaze it into our world, removing all that does not serve. So, Elizabeth, thank you, thank you, thank you for our beautiful time today. As we say goodbye, I'd like you to just share anything that we didn't get to today that you'd like to offer everyone. Gosh, Lauren, I I am so in love with your beautiful space that you share with people, and I'm always so moved and impressed at your gentleness, your humanity, your divineness that moves through your voice. You're you're just incredible. So Namaste, I bow to you. You're a master, and I'm I'm so honored to be able to work with you. Thank you. And the last thing I guess I'd like to share with everybody, hmm, (laughs) I am on the front lines. I'm looking at this dark energy all day long. It can be very disheartening, but I want you to know I don't see this dark energy as my enemy anymore. I Mm -hmm. see these entities, these, these dark energies as potential allies. Because I've learned that mercy can transform even the most brutal, vicious, demonic entity. Even the most heartless entity can be transformed by forgiveness and mercy. And as a practice, every day, I turn around and I look at all of the beautiful army of light behind me. The energy of our allies is so incomprehensibly huge. It is an incredible wave of hope. And we are winning. The light is gaining balance. Every individual has this chance to do that. Have mercy on yourself. Have mercy on the people around you. Recognize that the difficult people are suffering souls. Be objective with your unconditional love and recognize that you are backed up by some incredible beings, angels and Pleiadians and Syrians and Arcturians and you name it. We have them. We have all the friends in the universe and we're winning. This is ending. These fields of limitation are going to be lifted. There is no doubt that we will enter into this golden age that all of the systems are crumbling. We're watching it. Celebrate. Even in your suffering, celebrate. 
Recognize that the suffering can help you identify ego, big chunks of ego, like it did for our friend Lucy. There's so much that you can do to help the whole wide world, and every little tiny bit counts. That's the Mm -hmm. last piece I want to share. What a beautiful piece to share. It is the single most important message. And to sum it up, your love matters. Drop by drop, drip by drip in every always present moment until it becomes an ocean of love. And this is what we create. And we do it with light and love. Elizabeth Wood, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for this quantum conversation. We do not have time to get to all of our questions, but one that I wanted to have you touch on uh, is for someone who is helping his her niece. Belinda is a healer and working with a nephew. It would benefit him. She says that she can do this. She's a healer. But her question is, should I do this kind of healing on my nephew, even though he does not know or understand any of the energies you talk about? Should I help him out in this way or not? Well, it depends on the age. Um, if it's a young child who's school-aged, like elementary school-aged, that is going to be okay. When they've reached an age of reasoning, which I would say preteens where they have the ability to give consent, Mm -hmm. then that's when you need consent. And the consent can be, um, dear nephew, I would love to do some spiritual extra work or or something kind and gentle um, behind the scenes on your behalf. Would that be okay? I hope that it can help support you. That's my hope. He doesn't have to know all the details, but if he can give some kind of consent, that's so important. And I can't tell you enough how the consent is protection for you as a healer as much as it's protection for the individual. Mm. So it protects us as healers to gain that consent. Sometimes there are things that are going on that need to be going on. And we need consent to be able to look at them more deeply. Sometimes you're going to be involved in something that you haven't been able to look at more carefully if you had consent. And that can be a bit dangerous energetically. So it protects the healer as well as the individual. And and there's no more important piece around this than consent equals collaboration. With consent, I'm able to serve someone in a capacity and I'm collaborating with them energetically to do that. So that's mm-hmm. that's the key point around that piece. Beautiful. Again, very helpful. So thank you for sharing on that. And I know that is helpful for so many. Beautiful. Elizabeth Wood, your special offer is available on this webpage. And it's just a beautiful opportunity for people to spend deeper time with you and to access all of the incredible teachings that you bring forth. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your work and for this quantum conversation. Thank you so much. Namaste. Namaste, goddess. Thank you. 
Okay. Well, now is time. We wrap up our show by having a little bit of fun, and we do it in a musical way. If you wish to get up and dance with us, you can as we dance our way to the cosmic heart, because love is what I got. Up, I see vivid in the cutting man, rolling trees 
up, roll up. Watch how I move through the stick before I play up pimp. Been hit with a few shells, now I walk with a limp. I'm in the hood and the lady saying 50, you hot. They uh-huh. like me, I want them to love me like they love pop. But I live in New York, the shell, they tell you I'm local. And the plan is to put the back end in the choke. I'm full of focus, man. My money on my mind. Got a meal out the deal and I'm still in the grind. Got 36, you're filling my staff, you're filling my flow. I'm real from where they buy and they ready to go. I'm here, bro.
as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. The moderator has left the conference. The conference is now completed. Goodbye. Welcome to the conference.